This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. All right, are you guys ready? Let's do it. Holy Ghost, thank you that we can never pray too much to you. Yeah, we can never give too much thanksgiving to you. So Holy Spirit, we just love you. We thank you that you're here amongst us. You're here inside of us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for this word. Thank you that it changes lives. Thank you that it gives us a brand new perspective. And literally, God, thank you for the excuse to have a conversation with you. My heart right here, I'm not here to convince you of anything. I just want you to know how much God loves you regardless of what you're going through, have been, or are going to go through. There's a God that loves you because he loves you, because he loves you. And I love it because he doesn't turn away just because you don't feel him right now. If anything, he turns more towards you. What a good God. What a good dad. He's the creator of the universe. He's big. He's big. He's so big. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Everybody say amen. Amen. So, can, can, uh, I love the Bible. I love God. Um, ever since I was born again, I just wanted to know this God that changed my life forever. So I've been in a pursuit of finding this God and I don't think I found him fully, but he lives in me and his fullness is in me and he loves talking to me. <laughs> and so if he loves talking to me, I know he loves talking to you. So today we're we're actually going to look in Romans 5. So if you want to open your Bibles there, we're also going to look at Luke 6. So if you have a pen, or I don't know about you guys, but I never use the little thingy inside of the Bible. The, is it a talus? Is it a bookmark? What is it? You guys know what I'm talking about? Who here has a Bible? Oh, come on now. What's it called? A tessel? A tail? A ribbon. There you go. A ribbon. A bookmark. I try to use it. I try to be really cool and use it. And I'm like, I'm going to remember the page. And then I never open to that page. It's really funny. But my pens work. Water works. So anyways, use your, use your thumb, the ribbon, the talon to mark Romans 5 and Luke chapter 1. I'm going to be very vulnerable with you guys if that's okay. Yeah? Okay, good. If I'm vulnerable with you, hopefully you guys are vulnerable with me. If you're not vulnerable with me, be vulnerable with God. So um, just a disclaimer, I'm not Nicholas Sparks and I don't write books, but okay, Pastor Kathy said yet, so I won't dismiss that because I'm not an orphan. Can I get an amen? Amen. Nice. (laughs) Thank you, God. So the reason I even wrote it this way, I'm doing things a little bit different, um, is because honestly, I was frustrated. I was just frustrated. Uh, And I'm going to read a little bit of it, but the reason I had you guys also pray in tongues is because there's something that happens when we tap into him. It's this utterance that we're able to, that have no words for. So our spirit and our body and, and our mind, our brain, whatever that is, like all of that right there has an opportunity to express itself. And like this release happens. And I don't know about you guys, but I feel so much better. And I have no idea what I said, but it doesn't matter because God heard it. Isn't that good? Can I get an amen? Amen. Come on, here we go. Are you ready? If I sound monotone, Just pray for me, okay? Literally being vulnerable with you guys. So being a teacher of the word of God can be so difficult at times. What is very difficult is having to use these lowly human words to speak about the magnitude of our greatest God. Having to use these words to describe how this wonderful creator of the universe operates in my intimate relationship is both an honor 
and at the same time, such a heartache. Can I get an amen? For example, having to teach faith is such a hard topic to break down into simple terms. As I was preparing for tonight, say right now, I felt so restless. Anybody felt restless and frustrated before? Yo, man, and even though I know I shouldn't because God lives inside of me. So I felt so restless and frustrated not being able to articulate properly what I know and have experienced in my life. But thank God for my wife. Can I get an amen? Yeah, if you have a spouse, say, thank you, spouse. I love you, even if they're not here right now. Yay, come on. The wife told me just to go and read the word of God, not for the sake of teaching, instead just to spend time with God. Any of you guys ever gone and (laughs) try to get something from God and then it didn't work out, so you got more frustrated, but you figured when you're like, oh, I just want relationship with him, stuff starts happening. Am I the only one? Nice. The wife told me just to go and read the word of God, not for the sake of teaching, instead just to spend time with God. As I sat outside my back patio and looked at the different shades of green on the trees, that blows my mind that there's so many different shades of green. That makes no sense to me. I thought there was only one green. There's many different ones. I decided to be vulnerable with God and tell him all my frustrations with the motive to simply find him more. Anybody ever done that before? Just been honest with God, just laid it all out there. Anybody do that during worship today? Nice, good job. As I spoke, this is really cool. As I spoke to God in his vulnerable state, a giant brown bird that looked like a pelican flew very majestic from a small pond over the trees. It circled twice and then it flew away. The same way that I plainly spoke my heartache to God, the same way I was vulnerable to God, I asked the Lord if this was a sign from him, if this was him. Anybody ever do that? Just talk to God very plainly. The next thought overtook every other thought I had. And this was the thought. It said, you will not know if it's me unless you say yes to the possibility that it might be. Isn't that good? That's not me. I I can barely speak English right now. You know, like that was him. You will not know unless you say yes to the possibility that it might be him, that it might be me, that it might be God, that it might be Holy Spirit. Uh, It makes me want to cry. As I said, yes, as I said, yes. I I have it many times right here, Mr. Mark, just for you. But I'll say it again. You will not know unless you say yes to the possibility that it might be God. I don't know. I just feel a release there for you guys, you know, and and don't, don't, don't raise your hands. But how many of you guys have been saying no, thinking it's not God, thinking that it's you when, when God's just like, just say yes to the possibility that it might be me. (sighs) Okay. This is the next part. As I said, yes, or the other word God gave me was partnered. That word partner means to cooperate, to join, to be united. Isn't that good? So when we say yes to God, it's a partnering, a place where we cooperate with God, where we're joined one with God, where we're united with God. And the thought, it might be him. I found this in the Bible, right? So after I said yes to God, decided to go on this pursuit with God, I found this in the Bible. The Hebrew word for pelican is key which means, are you ready? It's the most profound word in the entire world. To vomit. <laughs> I hope you already ate your dinner. I hope I didn't ruin dinner for you. If you're listening, I'm sorry. But yeah, that's what the word pelican means. It means to vomit in Hebrew because of the way that the bird feeds its young. The food, even though it's full of all the nutrients the baby needs, is too much to digest by whole. The parent must be able to break it down into a way that the baby would be able to receive. Isn't that beautiful? I couldn't help but think of how, I couldn't help but think of how God does the very same thing with himself for you and I. God gave us his word, say word. 
If you have your Bible, swing it around, make the devil mad. Your phone counts. We'll use your phone tonight. That's okay. But bring your Bible next time. God does the very same thing with himself for you and I. Say he does it for me. Come on, say it like he, you believe that. Yeah. God gave us his word known as the Bible and his son known as Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit. So we would be able to receive of his fullness. This is the part that got me. I was astonished of everything, my yes, or my partnership, my cooperation, my joining, my unity with God revealed to me. Isn't that awesome? And I'm not writing this to be like, look at me, I'm Nicholas Park. No, like I'm letting you know that if God can do that with me over, over, it was just, I wasn't even looking for a sign. I was just wanting to be vulnerable with him. I was just being honest with him with all of my frustrations. I didn't try to hide it. I wasn't like, God, I'm a, when I'm all perfect, then I'll come talk to you. It was like, God, meet me right here, right now with the way that I feel. And it was so funny because like, I mean, anybody get excited and you just want to tell all your friends? right? My friend right now was my wife. I was like, hey, this was your idea. So I ran in there and I'm like, baby, let me tell you all this. And she was like, how long has that bird been there waiting for you? You know, was he waiting in that pond this whole time for you to sit out there and talk to God? And then God was like, and then it started flying. And you know what I mean? Isn't that awesome? We could call it a coincidence, you know, or we could call it a possibility that it's God speaking to us. Now, I'm not saying to over-spiritualize everything, but what I am saying is just consider that it might be him, okay? You guys still with me? So later pursuing the same thought pattern, so it was a thought pattern that he was establishing to me. Another thought overtook me. I pause, say pause. Give me a timeout, give me a T. I paused and I let it replay in my headspace. And this was the thought. This is faith, being able to receive a word or a thought from God. That's just what he showed me in that moment. After I pursued the pelican, the Hebrew, the vomit, all that weird stuff that didn't make sense to me, I was like, just hanging out, just spending time with him, reading Psalms 23, because that's the next thought that I had. And then he said, in my, in my mind, this is faith, being able to receive a word or a thought from God. As I once again thought, Lord, is that you? (laughs) This next thought overtook every other thought. Can you guess what it is? You will not know unless you say yes to the possibility that it might be. As I said yes or partnered, cooperated, joined, united with God in the thought that it might be him, I found this in the Bible. So I'm legal, okay? Say, he found it in the Bible. I'm gonna read it to you right now. This word faith in the Bible is known as the word pistis. If you've been here for more than two days, we use this word almost every time we preach. The word faith in the Bible is known as the word pistis. There's two of the definitions, okay? There's two there. It's like a bunch of them. It gives you a big list because God is so big. There's not enough words to put them in a box, right? So two of those words really stuck out to me and it's relating to God and relating to Christ. I'm going to pause right there. Time out. Relating to God and relating to Christ. The word relate means to make a connection, have a connection by blood or marriage. When you relate to God, when you are related to God, it means that you have made a connection. But not just an easy connection, but a connection of blood or marriage. It's a pretty big connection. The word relate means make a connection, have a connection by blood or marriage. And then I love this, to narrate, narrate, narrate. Can you guys help me? Yeah, good job. You guys are awesome. Means to give a spoken account of something. 
I don't know, that, that, just, that just really moves me that God would literally set his son to die for us so he can make a connection by blood and call us his bride so he could be married. So then he can relate with us, so he can narrate to us, so he can speak to us on account of something. Then I said, faster than I found the definitions of these, Romans 5 shot into my thought process and that was the only thing I could think of. Anybody ever feel like that before? This thought came out of nowhere. You have no idea how it's there and it's a good thought because you get excited and it feels like life. Can I get an amen? Man, and I know we can do it the other way because we're on social media all the time and it makes you feel some kind of way. So that means you have the ability to be influenced by something. What are you being influenced by? And you know the difference. You know when something's influencing you the right way or is influencing you the wrong way. Are you guys good? Okay, I just really want to make that distinction. But for me, it was this thought pattern that kept happening. But then I didn't just stop and was like, God, that's a good thought. I pursued the thought. I was like, what's the next thought? What's the next thought? What is it that you want to tell me? And then all of a sudden, I was, he was giving me a definition for the thing that I was doing. I was making a connection with God. I was allowing him to narrate something to me. Are you guys good? Okay, let's turn to Romans 5, verse 1, right? It says, therefore, being justified by faith. So that's New King James. I have King James as well. So just stay with me. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So Romans 5.1, that word pistis there is actually a noun. Guess what a noun is? It's a person, place, or an object. Isn't that good? So God in his fullness was like, hey, I'm not only going to give you, I'm going to tell you, I'm actually going to give you a person, a place, or an object, and we're going to call it faith, right? And this is where we get a chance to relate with God through having a connection to allow God to narrate to us. Are you guys still with me? Or was that confusing? Okay. So we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's really important because the first approach wasn't you come and get peace and then you get faith or you come and get glory, or you come and get patience, and then you get faith. It's no, you know that you're in connection with God first. You go to God first. You go in and, and try to get him to narrate something to you, and then peace comes into the equation. So it's the word peace isn't an emotional feeling. We're constantly looking for things that make us feel a certain way. Peace is actually a state of being. It's the opposite of war. It's in a relationship, or, in a, or it's being in a relationship or coming into a relationship once again. That's what the word peace means. But you get that peace once you allow God to come and narrate to you first. Another word for that would be faith. Are you guys with me? Okay, good. So uh, the example I have was Jackie and I in our marriage, right? We're already connected. Her and I are married. We have a connection. I know the times when we're not in peace because I'm scared to say anything to her. (laughs) This is what I love about God. God said, we're always in peace. We're always in the state of being in relationship, the state of we're not at war, we're not enemies, we're not fighting each other. I want to connect with you and I want to narrate things to you. Isn't that good? Man, because we used to be that way. On your own time, read the rest of Romans 5. It gives you a quick description of Adam and how Adam came and he partnered. He let somebody else come and narrate something to him when God has been narrating this whole time to him. And he decided to say yes to a different, yeah, I love you. Thank you so much. He decided to partner with a different narrator. What what does that word partnering means again? To connect, be united, join, cooperate, say yes to this. And because of that, Adam came in and the separation happened. And the separation meant that like the holiness of God actually 
left us. He didn't leave us. We chose different. So we're no longer partnering with this narrator. We're partnering with a different narrator. Does that make sense? So if you read Romans 5, it makes a very great distinction between Adam and Jesus, but how Jesus is so much greater and he gives you grace. So even if you felt like you missed the narrator the first time, there's grace, which means the opportunity to come and get another word from him. Isn't that good? And that's how faith works. (laughs) It's amazing. So this is what I understood of our great glorious God that I have no words to put for. This is what I understood, that faith is God narrating something to me, speaking to me because of our connection through the blood of Jesus. Is that, you guys with me? I'm just trying to give you a different perspective, but most importantly, I want you to know he wants to talk to you. He wants to narrate things. Maybe you are where you are because you didn't know that he, that you and him are at peace with each other. And in the circumstance that you're in, he actually has another word for you. He has a different perspective. He has a different objective. But we didn't know that he was doing that with us. So we just partnered with what we thought we could partner with. Most of the time it's ourself. Or sometimes it's with the enemy who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Very great distinction. How is your life? Is it increasing or is it decreasing? If it's decreasing, what narrator are you listening to? But that's okay. Because why? Because there's grace. (sighs) He's the best. Love him. And and before I keep going, the reason I had to write this out was because I needed an outlet. Just how we need an outlet with the Holy Spirit. Just how we need to go and speak to him. We use our words, but then he communicates with his thoughts. Isn't that good? Oh, it just, I feel like I can do anything. So this is what I understood from my great glorious God that I have no words to comprehend. That faith is God narrating something to me, speaking to me because of our connection through the blood of Jesus. You guys ready? We're still in Romans 5. We're going to jump down to verse 3. And it says, not only so, but we glory, say glory, Glory. in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation works patience. I like the King James, worketh. It makes me feel fancy. (laughs) Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Come on. Romans 5.3. The two words I really want to hit here are glory and patience. But first you start with what? With faith. Yay. And then after faith, you know that you are at peace. You've always been at peace. And then after peace, you know that there's glory. We're going to focus on glory. One of the definitions for glory is to be on cloud nine. Come on, walking on air, be above everything to exalt. Isn't that a good perspective to be at? How do we get there? How do we get to this place of glory? I think somebody has to tell us, right? Someone needs to speak to us. Someone needs to narrate to us like, hey, I know your circumstance looks like this, but you're actually here. You get exalted. You get a different perspective. We might not get there tonight, but in Luke chapter six or seven, it says that if you are kind to somebody, you are like the son of God with the most high. (laughs) And that son of God, that's a beautiful word there. It's actually the word that Jesus preferred to be used by, which means the human one the lowly one, the humble one, but most importantly, the Messiah. (sighs) Yeah, the Messiah, that means he was made with a purpose and agenda. It says that we are like him when we are kind to our enemies, when we love our enemies. It's really hard to love somebody when I'm using my own narrative or when I'm using their narrative. But, But when I have the perspective of the most high, whose narrative am I listening to? Whose perspective am I with? I'm in this place of glory, say glory. Are you guys with me? 
But it's not for the sake of, oh man, this person's kind. No, it's so they can encounter Jesus. Just how our life was changed, how, how this morning I was frustrated, but right now I'm having so much fun with you guys. That's the difference, literally from night to day, uh, from day to night. <laughs> there's a change, there's a, an activation that happens. Are you guys bored? No. Good, I love you so much. Even if you were, I'm in glory. All right, I'm going to say it again because I love to recap. And not only so, but we glory, say glory, glory, in tribulation. That means things that aren't going the way we want them to go. There's a lot of that, ain't there? You know why? We can't control people. All right, that's your talk with God. Let him narrate. One of the definitions for glory is to be on cloud nine, walking on air, be above everything, have a higher perspective, be like the son of God of the most high. Here we go. And then I love this part, knowing that tribulation, the things that we can't control, not the agenda that God has, works patience in us. I love it. That Greek word for patience is the characteristic of a man, say characteristic, of a man or a woman who is not swerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith, even by the greatest trials and sufferings. I'm gonna read it again. The character of a man or woman who is not swerved from his deliberate or her purpose and his loyalty to faith. Isn't that beautiful? So, so what comes first? Faith. And then after faith, you come into the state of peace. And after peace, you are able to come into this place of? Yeah, no, you guys sound too boring with that one. Say it again. Come on. And then after that, you come into this place of patience, also known as loyalty. It's such a powerful word, that word patience. Because it's not this word patience where, okay, I'm going to sit back and watch the Lord work. No, it's this place of offense. Like you're on the offense. You're like, no, my God narrated this to me. I am loyal to this word that God has given me. I'm not loyal to my circumstances. I'm not, I can't because I'm in glory with God. Even though this happened the way that I didn't want it to happen, I'm going to stay loyal to God because there's another word. Even though I still feel this way, I'm going to write something beautiful. Are you guys here with me? Patience comes in, loyalty comes in, the ability not to swerve comes in. Before we can be on cloud nine or above our circumstances, which is the opposite of God's agenda, we need faith. Connecting with God, God's narrative or words over the circumstance. Then comes patience, which is unswerved loyalty to faith. That word swerve means to change or cause to change direction abruptly. It's, okay, God told me this. I'm so happy. I'm going to conquer the world. And then something happens that we don't like. Oh, that's not God. And then you walk away very abruptly where God was like, whoa, you didn't even talk to me. Talk to me first. We can go that way if he's the one telling you to go that way. But you will never know that unless you're willing to do what? Have a conversation. Yes, you will not know unless you say yes to the possibility that I might be God narrating to you. And you know if it's him because of what the Bible said. We will call that the Logos. It's, does this match up with the word of God? That pelican, if I ain't seen it in the Bible, I would have dismissed it. But it so happened to show up in the Bible. So I was like, that means you want to talk about this, God. What do you want to tell me about that? Oh, and then I got the revelation. And it was, this is the way that I'm feeding you. I am so big, but I am like a pelican that I'm going to break this down and shove it down your throat. <laughs> and put it in the inside of your belly. <laughs> and nobody can grab that. And it's actually more beautiful of the way the pelican like gives love to the baby. It's like people would think that the, the, the pelican was actually breastfeeding because of the way that it would do it. It would actually bring the baby very close and it would actually have a little pouch where it would put the nutrition in the food and just, just to be at the right height for the baby. Oh, right, and it would just hold it very intimate. 
like protection and protected as it ate because it knew that, that the, the, the food and the nutrients that it's given will attract predators. But there was the pelican, the mama bird, the daddy bird, just holding him tight to the point where the, the, it looked like the pelican was bleeding. Isn't that crazy to be in that level? I mean, kind of, I'm not saying Jesus is a pelican, but like I love the picture that God was able to give me because I chose to have a conversation with him because I chose to say, God, this might be you. Let's explore until we get there. Isn't that good? Don't you guys just want to go and explore stuff with God? Isn't there things that God has been telling you that you're like, this might be God, but I've been killing it because I don't know if it is him or not. So I want to talk about this guy. We're going to go Luke one. And I want to talk about this guy. This is a pun right here. I want to call him Dr. Faith because <laughs> he was a doctor and he was a man of faith. Okay. Oh, actually one more. Can I, can I backtrack one second? Stay right there in Luke one, but I just want to let you know, even Paul, Paul was actually the one that was writing Romans five and the audacity of Paul to write everything that he just wrote about having faith with God, having peace with God, being in glory and being loyal to God. You know why? Because the people he was writing to, his audience was the Roman church or the entire Roman city. 95 to 99% of them were slaves. They were in jail. They were chained up. And God said, regardless of your circumstance, God wants to narrate you a different story. Even though these chains are hurting you right now, he wants to speak to you about a different story. He wants to give you his word, take you to a place of glory. If you can just be loyal to me. And then if you read history, what happens to Rome eventually? Okay. But either way, I, I just love the audacity of Paul to write, not to people who are living everything the way that they want, everything's happy. No, he was writing to people who were going through it. So if these people that were going through it, that literally had no choice, had no, had no say about what they can do, when they can use the bathroom, when they can do, when they can eat, who they can go and marry, if they can get on 66, if they can get a job, people who literally had no choices, God was saying, there's a God that loves you and he wants to work on your behalf. Will you allow him to? How much more do we... <laughs> get a chance to receive from God and actually do something with it. Because I, about, I don't know about you, I don't see any chains on our wrists. Come on, and I know we worship, so there's definitely no spiritual chains on our wrists. So I know there's a God that wants to narrate to us and then our circumstances trying to narrate back to us and saying, this is the truth, but we have a God that gives us faith and we're like, God, I'm a partner with that because I'm no longer in bondage because I'm at peace with you. So if I'm at peace with you, then this has no, no say here. I'm gonna be loyal to you. You guys still good? All right, so I need to recap this real quick. First comes faith, God narrating something to me, speaking to me because of our connection through the blood of Jesus. It's a free gift. You keep reading Romans 5, it talks about it's a free gift. It's not your idea. Nothing you can do to earn this. Isn't that awesome? Because that means there's nothing you can do to ruin this. Come on. First comes faith, God narrating something to me, speaking to me because of our connection through the blood of Jesus. Peace, it's a state of being. It's the opposite of a war in relationship or in relationship once again. With my wife, I know when we're at peace, I can be my real authentic self with her. I can go and be like, baby, I'm having a hard day. Can you hold me? I mean, can I hold you? <laughs> you know, I get to be real with her. We were at peace this morning. That's why I was able to come and be like, this is how I'm feeling. And then her relationship with God, she got a word from God and said, go sit your butt outside. 
But it was because we were at peace, okay? You are always at peace with God. I want you to know that. Just close your eyes. Close your eyes right now. I'm just gonna, we're just gonna, we're gonna heal that right now because I feel the God, I feel God narrating to me to say, we break that right now in the name of Jesus. We just bind the lie that you are not at peace with God and that God is mad at you. We break that right now in the name of Jesus. Has nothing to do with my voice, but with the power of God. Yeah, you are free right now in the name of Jesus. You are free right now. I don't care what your family says. I don't care your circumstance. I don't care where you are. Right now, you are at peace with God. God wants to speak to you right now in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. He wants to speak to you. He wants to narrate to you. If he used the stinking pelican that vomits, God, what, what does God want to do with you right here, right now? Everybody say amen if you receive it. Amen. Yay, two of us, good. So glory, glory is to be on cloud nine, walking on air, be above everything. Right now, you're in a place of glory. You're exalted. Patience is another word for loyalty. It's unswerved loyalty to faith. Swerve means to change or cause to change direction abruptly. This means that when you're in loyalty with the word that God gives you, there is no change or direct. Oh, Nate did a great job. I, lo I love what Nate did last week. He did such a good job with the word where he came and he said it was the same word he kept telling Levi, which was, you're a strong man. It was the same word that he did with the grocery bag, the same word that he did when he had the bucket, the same word that he used when the tools went in. The situation changed, but the word did it. So whatever word God has been giving you for the last 20 years, 12 years, stand on it. Yeah. I love you, Ms. Randy. Love, love your shoes. <laughs> cool. Are you guys with me? Yes. Yay, good, good. I just really enjoyed it. It was, it was very, it touched my heart. It was beautiful. All right, so let's look at the powerful doctor of faith who was loyal to the very end. Let's turn to Luke chapter one. Uh, it's very interesting because I always believed that Luke was one of the original disciples. I literally thought that he was walking with Jesus. I thought that he was like hand in hand. He was with Peter and all these people. And then after I did a little bit of research, I realized that he wasn't the original 12. He wasn't even Jewish. He was actually a Gentile. Not interesting. It just blew my mind. You know why? Because when I read his God, first of all, he has a gospel. He made it into the gospels with all these people that were there. So what would it look like? Oh man, it, it just, I thought he, he, his loyalty, his, his ability to hear God's narrative put him in this place where I thought he was walking with Jesus. Isn't that good? What does that say about you guys? When you listen to his narrative, people are gonna be like, you walk with Jesus. You were one of the original disciples. You were there. You believe that so much that you were there. Isn't that good? Man, and then write it down, write something about it. Don't forget, Dr. Luke did it. The part that I love too is that he was only writing it to one person that, went, that, that was in the same boat as him. He was writing to one guy, I always mess up his name. Uh, as I've been learning and studying, I learned not to go over people's names, but in Luke chapter one, verse three, it's Theophilus. Theophilus, you guys still, yeah, you guys got me? See, I told you I'm not Nicholas Sparks. Theophilus, he was just another young believer. He was also a Gentile. But I love it because he was being obedient to the narrative that God was telling him for this one believer and who benefits from all of it. We all do. We're literally looking at Luke 1. So what is the word that God has given you right now? What is the narrative that God's given you right now that you think is just for you or just for one more person, but really it's to bless the body of Christ, to bless the earth. You guys, you guys don't get excited about that? I do. Because he was just writing to, to, to Theo, say it again for me? Yeah, yeah to that guy, Falafel. And then, <laughs> and then, 
And then here I am like, oh man, if it worked for Luke and he wasn't even a Jewish guy, he wasn't even, he, he wasn't even part of the original covenant. If he wasn't even walking with Jesus, but yet he was able to put his logical brain of being a doctor and believing God, that means I can do it too. Isn't that good? But it's because of the narrative that he decided to be with God is because he decided to be in this place of loyalty after he received the word from God. What word are you receiving? So this is what I wrote. First, I always believed that Luke was one of the original disciples that walked with Jesus. After doing a little research, I found that he not only wasn't one of the original 12, he was a non-Jew or a Gentile. He wasn't even circumcised. How they know that, I have no idea. Imagine having that much of God narrating to you that people assume you walk right beside Jesus hand in hand. So I made a joke. I shouldn't have. This is profound right here. Are you guys ready? <laughs> Take a deep breath. Forget <laughs> You guys are good. You guys, your heart's circumcised. You guys are great. All right. Imagine having that much of God narrating to you that people assume you walked right beside Jesus hand to hand. Imagine having that much faith that people, and it happened all the time when I was in the army. People are like, we're stuck in a hole. It's raining. Your boots been wet for 21 days. Why are you so happy? And I'm like, you don't want to know. And they're like, I do want to know. Well, let me tell you about Jesus. <laughs> let me tell you about this guy. I got you, sucker. I got you. You know, and they're like, well, I don't believe in that. I could have partnered with his narrative. Or I could have stayed with my narrative without know what was real in my heart. Guess what? Years later, I'm getting a phone call. They deployed again. They called me and they were like, hey, can you pray for me? Yes. Isn't that awesome? You know why? Because I was patient. I was loyal. I was in this place of glory with God. Isn't that good? So, so what is God narrating you? That he wants to do in your workplace, in your family, within yourself. Come on. Uh, imagine having that much of God narrating to you or that much faith that people assume you walk right beside Jesus hand to hand. This is what happens when you are in faith with God, connected to God through blood and marriage and a constant narrative of God. People assume that you walk with the greatest miracle worker, teacher, the son of man, which is the human one, which means that it was God that walked the earth, which is a title known as a human one. Ooh, man, this is the part that I love about Luke. I'm almost done, okay? You guys bored? All right, as we read and study Luke, which is chapter one, let's go straight to verse five. I'm gonna read it real quick <clears throat> and then I'll write some of the notes that I found here. I'm gonna read some of the notes that I found here. So verse five is, there was in the days of Harold, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias, say Zacharias, Zacharias. Uh, the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron. That's a big deal. And her name was Elizabeth. Say Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Say Elizabeth, Elizabeth. Come on, I love you guys. That was just for fun. Verse six, and they were both righteous before God. Say righteous. righteous. Woo! Walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord, blameless. Say I'm blameless. I'm blameless. Verse seven, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. So it was, uh, before I keep going there, this is a big deal because I'm just gonna read it. Verse eight, so it was that while he was serving as a priest, before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord and the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the honor, at the hour of incense. It's a big deal, okay? So the fact that Luke was like, they were blameless. First of all, how does he even know? How does he know? I believe he probably got revelation from, he got a narrative from God. Yeah, he seeked because he was a good doctor, but at the same time to know like the small details of stuff like that, you wanna know why he made it a point to say that they were blameless? Because 
the whole point back in Genesis 1 or Genesis 2, Genesis 3, where, where Adam ate the, ate the fruit. I think I wrote that down. Oh, Genesis 3.15, it says, and I will put, I didn't give it to you, don't pull it up. Jesus, uh, Genesis 3.15 is, and I will put enmity between you and the woman. So, he's, so this is God talking about Satan, the snake, Adam and Eve. And between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So that right there is a really big thing. It's not God just saying, okay, this is your punishment snake. This is your punishment lady. No, he was actually saying the first gospel. This is what theologians call it. So it's the first gospel where it was saying, hey, this happened, but I have a plan. And his name is Jesus. And it's going to come from your womb, Eve. So that means that there's a plan that's going to happen where, yeah, he's going to bruise your heel, which meant that he was talking about Jesus dying on the cross. It was going to be something very tragic, but very limited because he was going to come back from the dead. That's why he said heel and not head. You guys with me? Because you can get your heel hurt and still do stuff. (laughs) But once your head is gone, I mean, that's pretty hard. But guess what he did with the snake? What he did with Satan? It said that your son, your seed will crush Satan's head. Isn't that beautiful? That means that there will no longer be any more sons of the devil. That the new line would be all about Jesus. That we would have a what? A connection, a man that wants to have a conversation with us, a narrative with us. We will call that faith. So, so, so this is the point right here, okay? We're going to bring it back right here and then we'll end. I have tons, but we'll end right here, okay? Luke 1, it's when, when it said that she was blameless, it was because every Jewish woman, according to the culture, it was, they would actually come and tell you, hey, hey, let me tell you the story. Let me tell you what happened in the garden. Let me tell you why we are where we are right now. But, but hey, hey, don't worry, because the narrative from God, the word that we're believing from God, the word that he spoke to us is that in your womb, you might have the Messiah. And so every Jewish girl that would get pregnant <laughs> would be like, is this the Messiah, the savior of the world? Is this the Messiah? Is this the Messiah? You know, I'm sure they would shout, you know, I mean, we, we should be getting a little bit crazy. We were like, you know, I got the Messiah, I did it, I got it. You know, like it might be the one. They would get so excited. So when a woman was bearing, people would be like, well, God made a promise. Why are you bearing? What did you do wrong? So for Luke to write there that she was blameless meant that she did nothing wrong. But the Jewish culture was all about shaming you when you didn't live up to the standard that was put there. This is really good because Zechariah, even though he had to live with a surroundment of people saying, shame, shame, shame on you. Your wife is this, yada, yada, yada. You're not really in covenant. He was still ordained by God to be a priest. Isn't that awesome? That he was, that, that, that didn't disqualify him. So you know what that means for you guys? That means that the narrative you've been telling yourself or the enemy's been telling yourself doesn't disqualify you. You just need a brand new narrative from the Lord where you're actually a priest. You're actually able to go into the holy of holies. And then I don't have time, so I'm gonna paraphrase it right here, but it says nine, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord, which meant this, that the incense was a reminder that you're blameless. It's so beautiful that God had a plan for Zechariah to be like, not only am I gonna call you regardless of your circumstance, regardless of what you think your promise won't be, I'm gonna put you in this place where you're constantly reminded that you're blameless because that's what the incense did. The smell reminded them that they were pure that you were allowed to approach God. 
We sing songs about this psalm, in Psalms we talk about all the time, when we worship, there's a sweet aroma to God. There's a sweet essence to God or incense to God, which, is, which means that we're able to be in front of God in the holy of holy and listen to him, have a conversation with us, regardless of our circumstance. Regardless of people going, that's not gonna work. Look at you. Yeah, and um, it's 8.34, so I don't wanna hold you guys. Um, I'm just gonna pray for you, is that okay? Okay, hey, can I say something? Thank you guys for being vulnerable with me. Thank you for allowing me to be vulnerable with you guys. Was it okay, did you guys get something out of it? Okay, good. I think the biggest recap, just real quick, this is off the top of my head, is this. God wants to have a conversation with you. You going and having a talk with God, allowing him to be the one that narrates your life is faith, okay? Belief gets you there. It's like, uh, uh, okay, so I have to hit it with this. The reason that he was even able to be a priest was because he knew about God. He had the belief about God, but yet his circumstance didn't change. A little bit later down in, in, in Luke 1, it talks about how the angel of the Lord, which was a messenger from God, came and then spoke to him about his circumstance. And the word that the angel gave him was actually the word that changed his circumstance. So he believed that God was a good God or else he wouldn't have been a priest or else he wouldn't be doing the essence or else he wouldn't be in the Holy of Holies, but that didn't change his wife from being barren. What changed his wife is when he got the different narrative from an angel, right? He did have this belief because he was like, how is that gonna happen? That ain't gonna happen. But I love how good God is because he, he has a plan for everything that happens. He said, hey, I'm gonna make you mute. And theologians actually thought he was also deaf. And I was like, God, you're supposed to be a good God. Why are you out here muting and deafening people? I thought you were supposed to be healing that. And he was like, I know my child. I know what he needs. And I thought about this. In the military, I used to shoot tons of weapons all the time. One time I forgot my earplugs. Yeah, I know, so much fun. One time I forgot my earplugs. Yes, sad face. I had it. You know, I had my gun. I was ready. I was like, pa. And then I just heard this ringing. And, and, and then I was like, oh, my earplugs. And I put it in real quick. I should have prayed. Uh, okay, so that's another narrative. So I was at my earplug, so I put it in. And then, you know, I shot, and I was so mad because I missed like a perfect score by that one shot that just ruined my ear. Anyways, I need healing for that. But the point is this, the ringing, even though I had my ear protection in, I couldn't hear for a long time. Even after I got out of the range, I, even after I got out of the thing that I was doing, I couldn't hear the people around me because the ringing wouldn't stop, right? So I just thought about like, how did, <laughs> I felt deaf. So how did Zachariah feel when he was deaf, when he was mute? And, and what God was showing me was this, this is just what he showed me. He was, he needed that word to be so alive in him because the, the baby wasn't just another baby, it was John the Baptist that was gonna be filled with the Holy Spirit, that was gonna baptize people, that was gonna proclaim the name of Jesus because God had an agenda for Elizabeth. It wasn't just so she, her circumstance could change, but when God comes and fulfills the desire of your heart, isn't so you can feel good, it's so heaven can invade earth. And it literally did through a guy named John the Baptist. So what God had to do with him was say, hey, I need you to believe this word because the world needs it. So the deaf and the mute happened where the only thing that kept bringing in his head was the last words of the angel. Isn't that good? So that means that when he went out there, he couldn't hear the people. He couldn't hear the shame anymore. He couldn't hear people saying, hey, your wife is barren. This word isn't gonna work. This, this, the, the, the only drawback was this. The reason that the multitude was sitting outside waiting for him to come is because there was a prayer. There was a blessing of the Lord that would happen after you come into the Holy of Holy that the whole body was able to receive. 
but because he didn't partner with God, he didn't say the yes there. His wife actually conceived five days later. So he was still being a priest and it took him five days to renew his mind. <laughs> because, and I know it works because as soon as he went back to Elizabeth, she got pregnant and she bore. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. That's so good. But the people that missed out was the body of Christ that was out there. Oh, not the body of Christ. Whatever they were. There was just the body of God. God's holy people. They missed out on a beautiful word from God. They missed out on, this is what God told me about my circumstance. If he did it for me, he might do it for you. Keep your eyes out. Listen to the narrative. Are you guys still with me? Yeah. So, so, and I love this part because God is so purposeful with the things that he's given you. Right? And it is for you, but it's actually for earth. It's for heaven to invade earth. So these moments when we have to stop and renew our mind, it's not a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing because the word will come to promise. But, but it's so much easier when we say yes to God. This might be him because who gets blessed? Yes, the body gets blessed. If I didn't say yes to God this morning, what would I be teaching right now? I know what it would be because I tried to pass it by Pastor Abel and he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I don't know. I got to go spend more time with Jesus. I got to renew my mind. But guess what I did? I sat in my office, closed the doors. I was deaf. I was mute. The only person I was listening to was Elvis because I love him right now. I, that, okay, I'm sorry. I'm going everywhere. But I was just sitting there and guess what? I wrote this. I typed this out. I had an outlet with God because I wanted to hear his narrative for me. We would call that faith. So I'm gonna leave you with this. You will not know unless you say yes to the possibility that it might be him. As I said yes or partnered, cooperate, join and unite. All these things were added to me. So let's close our eyes. I, I do want a time of ministry. So if you need some extra help, just come up here. Come up here. Use the grace of God. Come on, as you, as you get up and, or come up for prayer or if you feel like you're good where you are, that's up to you. But if God is telling you, hey, come up here, get some hands laid on you so we can hear the narrative of God very clearly, just come on up here, okay? But if not, I, I just want to pray this over you guys. I just thank you, God, that you want to speak to us that if you were willing to speak to Zachariah and create something beautiful that, that changed the world, we didn't even get to the part with Mary and what happened with her when she received the word of God, when she heard the narrative of God, literally introduced Jesus. She literally fulfilled the prophecy back in Genesis. So I thank you, God, that, that you have a word for us right here, that you have a narrative for us right here. And it's your word and it's powerful. So I thank you, God, that right now the airways are just clear right now in the name of Jesus. And we know that our dad wants to speak to us. Our father, God, not your earthly father, your heavenly father, the one that sent his son as a free gift for us to be connected with him is wanting to speak to you about everything, about everything. Yeah, so put your hands right in front of you like you're gonna receive something. So Jesus, we just thank you for the people here. We thank you for your people in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your people. We thank you for your people. Thank you that they know that they're blameless now. Thank you, God, that their circumstances, past, present, future, doesn't define them anymore. That it's your narrative now. We allow you to be the author and the finisher of everything. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, just, just a little while right here. Just sit right here with God. Just sit right here with God. Sit here with God. He's been wanting to talk to you all day, even more, even more, even more. Yeah, and right now, God, I just thank you that we just bind anything that could be distracting from your voice right now in the name of Jesus. Yeah, and thank you, God, that, that we loose heaven on earth. We loose your, your thoughts and your, 
your power over them right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We love you. We love you so much. We love you so much. We love you so much. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. You're so good. You're so good. Thank you, God. Yeah, thank you, God. Yeah, if you need to stay here and receive some more, that's fine. If you need to come up, have any questions about what I preach, come on, talk to me or talk. If you need laying on the hands, I love to do that. I love to do that. So come on up. If not, we have pastors as well. So Jesus, we just thank you. We bless the night. We thank you for this word. We thank you that you want to talk to us. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, hit me with one more glory. Give me one more glory. 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 All right, I love you guys.